It's Your Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino, and my guest today is Dr. Jeff Feynman, and he is the founder. Well, first of all, he's a holistic veterinarian of over 36 years, so he has seen and done it all, but he's also the founder of HolisticActions.com, which is an incredible website. Um, it's a membership website where pet parents like myself and like you who want to know more about how to take care of your pet holistically uh, can go and join and actually talk to holistic vets and get all the information you need uh, to know, even if it's, you know, you want to get a second opinion or learn how to do something more holistically. So I love this. We're going to talk to him about that and how to keep our dogs at homeostasis and how do genes play a part in their health. So stay tuned with Dr. Jeff Feynman. Here I am with Dr. Jeff Feynman, which I don't know if you know this, but I'm a big fan of yours because Dr. Chambro, Christina Chambro, introduced me to yours. So I've been secretly stalking you and reading your blogs and going on your holistic actions, which is one of my favorite websites because it is a website that you've created that is holistic vets giving us, the pet parents, everything we need to treat our own animals, which I love that. I love that you empower us. This is what my show is mostly about, is empowering pet parents to take control of their pet's health and then hopefully learn how to kind of take control of your own health. I love the subject today because, as you know, we both have, uh, we're both genetically predisposed to um, a disease that we both have. And we know that we've got all these pet parents who are running out getting allergy tests and DNA tests and all of these things, and then freak out that their dog, the breed of dog they got, is genetically um, predisposed for a certain disease. And we know, or you know, and you're going to share with us, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get that, that our dog is going to get that disease. So explain that to our audience a little bit, just because, and we were bringing up King Charles Spaniels, for instance, but explain to our audience that just because that is an issue and we know it, how does that give us the power to do something about it? And does it mean they're going to get that disease? Great question, and thank you so much for having me. And no, it actually, there's a much, much better chance that they won't get the disease. And the, the actions that you as pet parents can do are going to modify those genetic risk factors. And that's really all it is. It's a risk factor similar to any other a risk factor or stressor in the environment. The environment is outside and inside. I, it's funny because I have rheumatoid arthritis, so I tell people I'm the canary in the coal mine. I literally can walk into, for instance, I have groom shops, retail and groom shops. I can walk in and tell if a chemical has been used, I'll get a flare-up for my rheumatoid arthritis. I literally will react immediately to it. And stress the same thing goes for animals. Exactly, exactly. And there is an underlying theme that we can use, that pet parents can use to modify um, the, the symptoms of a genetic disease or otherwise, and that is knowing the connection between symptoms of disease and energy. And the reason I bring that up now is because stress 
has been the biggest sapper of energy that there is. It's kind of the opposite of sleep, where sleeping is healing and energy building and in a lot of cases, including my own, symptoms, adverse symptoms can actually go away when you go to sleep. Wow. I love that. That's going to be my new favorite line is that stress is the opposite of sleep. It's funny because a lot of pet parents don't understand that when your pet is sleeping, they are healing they're detoxifying their body, and it is so important. It's just like us. And I love that you're saying that because stress is the opposite of that. So what are some tips you can give us of keeping our dogs more balanced or recognizing when they're stressed? Oh, my goodness. That is the basis for holistic actions. Awesome. And, you know, um, I guess I would probably start with a, a good balanced life and the key word is balance because that's you know a balanced good balanced life for a dog is often lots of love and lots of attention and exercise and fresh air and good fresh food fresh versus processed food and trying to respect the wisdom of their body because the one thing we know for sure the body is designed to heal. And the main reason it doesn't heal, or the main reason that an abnormal symptom maybe that you may see in your pet is, you know, is getting in the way of the healing process. And that could be a lifestyle thing, may just be a too much time inside, too much time inactive. It may be not being happy enough. It really it depends. You know, animals Dogs and cats especially um, don't have the obstacle that human animals have, and that is our brain. Our brain, our minds, our emotions often get in the way of the body doing its job. Wow. Well, I, I know you're a big proponent of homeostasis, which the endocannabinoid system is responsible for keeping our body at homeostasis, which means balanced. So, I know people want to go, well, how do I know my dog is unbalanced? There's lots of ways to recognize it. And, you know, a lot of it, you have to start with the diet because the diet is so important and giving them what they need every day and nourishing. But I want people to understand is that I feel like we have, most of my listeners are really good at feeding the right diet or learning or adding real food to what they're doing every day. But I don't think they understand how important it is when you say that you have to let them sleep, that means they shouldn't be digesting their food. They shouldn't be doing anything but sleeping and healing and detoxifying. And they can't do that if they're digesting their food. Now, I know that there's like recent research out that says intermittent fasting is great for dogs. Do you have any suggestions on that? Because when I tell people this, you know, don't feed in an eight hour period and then don't feed them for 16 hours. I mean, you, they think I'm starving their dog. And I'm like, you got to give that gut a rest. And you certainly don't want them to be digesting food when they're sleeping. Exactly. And that's why it's great to, to fast them like they do in the wild at least once a week. And that means don't feed for a whole day or that does just mean liquids? don't feed for a whole day. Water is fine. 
um, but hold off on activating their digestive abilities, which basically are sapping energy. So their bodies are not healing maximally, you know, and I'm going to have to go back to people for a second where a lot or the majority of the research is I myself am on an 18-hour fast every day. So I eat in a six-hour window. So when we feed our dogs once a day, for example, we're accomplishing the same thing except for all those extra treats they get in between. But it's okay as long as it's happening in that eight-hour period, correct? Exactly. And then before bedtime, how late before bedtime can they do it? Like, should they do last meal should happen two hours before? I would say at least two hours, yeah. Ideally, you've got, you know, their meal at five or six or in the evening, and then they're, you know, most dogs want to go to bed by eight or nine. Right. So I, what what we're saying here is that one day a week, it is super good for your pet, for your dog to not eat for one day. Get liquid, water, of course, great water, but it's basically giving their system a, a reset and a break, correct? Exactly. And it's allowing... You said it, you know, perfectly. It's allowing them to detoxify. It's allowing their bodies to do their jobs without having to focus on digesting food. Wow, because that's a big deal for the body to 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 do, and so you're giving it a nice rest. I love that. And this is healthy for a dog that is, let's say, battling cancer or geriatric. It's still really good for them. And I, I asked this question knowing the answer because, of course, I've got a Doberman with osteosarcoma and I've got a, a geriatric schnauzer. And I watch both of them fast on their own, you know. My schnauzer is an expert faster, and I don't even freak out about it anymore. But Nina loves to eat. But, you know, she free feeds. She doesn't free feed. She eats, and then it comes back out a couple hours later, and she eats it again. It's the same bowl. Sometimes she'll eat. And it's just very, they know themselves. So I think it's funny when people flip out about their dog not eating. It's like, that's okay. Now we go three or four days without them eating, then there's probably an issue. But a daily fast is a good thing. Just this morning, one of mine, my nine-year-old poodle puking up something and didn't want breakfast. And I'm fine with that. I know she's okay. I know she's got a little gut upset. She's going to, she's taking care of it. What other kind of little tips like that, the parents that, I mean, how long have you been a holistic veterinarian now? Um, I graduated from UPenn in 85, so it's what, 30, almost 37 years. Awesome. What are some of the most common questions you get or the most common where pet, because I know that one, letting your pet fast is one of the big ones that pet parents have problems with. Or a gut reset, you know, where we do it for a week, where we'll do just like a goat milk fast or something like that. Let our audience know how safe and good that is for them. It's Totally safe to fast for actually days on end for a for dog. Not so much for kitty cats, right. but we're focusing on dogs. Um, cats, and you say not cats because cats do need to eat every day and they don't fast and that type of thing? There's a lot, there's a lot of work that, you know, fasting a cat can actually increase fatty deposit in the liver and predispose them to liver disease. Wow. But that being said, my own cat fasted for a week. I went to see the internist after a week. Um, 
just to get an idea of what was going on, and he wasn't overly concerned because, you know, the cat was fine, you know, internally otherwise. Wow. um, So it it really depends on the individual, and that is kind of the topic for, for today is that everything is based on the individual's susceptibility or their likelihood of getting fatty liver disease or an infection or an allergy or that kind of thing. But I did want to go back to your discussion about homeostasis and balance because there is, the body gives us valuable clues to what our, what our, balance, what our pet's balance is like. And we can see that readily. Pet parents can see that readily at home every day. Okay, well, so before you share that, we're going to go to a commercial break, and you're going to give us some tips on signs that our pets are imbalanced, and then also how to bring them into balance. I know that you've been doing some breath work with animals and how we can do that and bring both of us to a more calm state when we come back. We'll talk about that. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. And we're back with Your Natural Dog with Dr. Jeff Feynman. And we're talking about how do you recognize that your pet, your dog, is off balance and not operating at homeostasis. So what are some of those key signs that we should look for? That's a great question. And it's one of my favorite questions because it goes back to the significance of symptoms. So what we're looking for are symptoms, but what does that mean? What does a symptom actually mean? Because we focus on symptoms as problems or signs that they've got a disease, or when in reality a symptom is just a sign of a cellular dysfunction in the dog's body, and it's a clue to what's going on or a clue that they're out of balance, subtly out of balance. So what are the most common or some of the most common early warning signs? Before you tell us that, I love that you said that because we're looking at symptoms. But what I find in conventional medicine is that the drugs all stop the symptoms or suppress the symptoms so we never have to fix the issue, right? Exactly. And that's the problem. And, And when I talked about getting in the way of the body's healing ability, well, symptoms are part of that healing ability. And when we get rid of symptoms, just get rid of symptoms. We're not addressing the the problem, right? You're not addressing the problem. And you might even be, you know, exacerbating it. And that might be why, you know, one superficial symptom that gets treated over and over again is related to a deeper you know, symptom because the body is saying, 
you know, I want to try and heal one way or the other. Right. And I want my, I want my listeners to understand that Dr. Jeff Feynman is a holistic veterinarian. If you were, so I'm going to give this as an example. Your dog has stinky, gunky ears and is scratching all the time and has some sort of skin issue going on on its underbelly and you go to your conventional vet, your conventional vet is most likely going to write a prescription for Apoquil or Cytopoint. And what both of those drugs do is just suppress the immune system so that there is no reaction, but the problem isn't taken care of. You still have whatever is wrong going on. So that's why I'm so anti those drugs not only because they just do that, but they're also horrible for your pet. I remember talking to Dr. Zach about this and he was like, why do you hate Apoquil so much? And I said, because it does this, this, this. And he's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to use Apoquil if you need to use Apoquil one, maybe two days so that you can figure out what's wrong. But what's happening is that because a conventional vet knows nothing about diet and nutrition, doesn't know half, not even half of what you know as a holistic veterinarian, the only tool they have is to write a prescription to try to help, right? Exactly. It's the carpenter and the, and the hammer analogy. If you only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If you're a vet with a limited set of tools, then you know, it's either steroids or antibiotics, and you used a really, really important word, um, when you were talking about Apoquil, and that was the anti, and that's exactly what we're trying to avoid is antis. You know, anything that works against the body's healing ability is going to maybe improve the symptom, but not address the underlying disease. And I didn't answer your question about the early warning signs, um, which I have now used a couple times, and early warning signs are the same as early warning symptoms that something is imbalanced. They're not diseases. It's not an allergic dog. It's not a, you know, a super itchy dog. It may just be a little gunk in the eyes or it may just be you know, a little bit of the doggy odor or, you know, a dog that's off in some way. They just don't have the energy to greet you at the door like usual. And actually what we um, focus on is something called the beam. Uh, beam are the, the symptoms that you can see every day that uh, seem to directly reflect balance. And beam stands for behavior, energy, appetite, and mood. So if any of those are off, in any way, then you know that there may be an imbalance going on. And would you suggest maybe journaling? That's one of my favorite things to do is when someone comes to me with an issue, I'm like, when did it start? Did anything change? Was there a vaccine, a medication, a food? Did they come and spray the yard with something? Because it really is amazing what you discover when you start writing things down and looking at a pattern. That, that's such a great example. Um, I'm just thinking the other day, a pet parent realized when they learned about this that every time they walk by a neighbor's house that's sprayed with the pesticide, their, their animal had an asthma attack. Mm -hmm. I mean, my, my 
a geriatric schnauzer every time the weather changes. His collapsing trachea is going to be tripped up. Also, I, you know, it's really funny because one time he was do his collapsing trachea was really bugging him. I thought it was got a chiropractic adjustment. She just told me he had a rib out of place. So these are type of things. My dog started coughing and a chiropractic adjustment fixed it. So these are like simple little things that you can pay attention to and go, okay, that's new. Let me watch it. Oh, what's different? It's cold outside. It's whatever. And when you can't, then you turn to your go to holisticactions.com. Right. <laughs> See if you can find help there, which you also have a Facebook group, which I love that people can ask questions and, uh, and get some advice. There's also, you can become a member, right? We do. Uh, we do support any pet parent that wants to come along with us either via the weekly webinars or, you know, asking questions on the forum. It's really the, the resources are there to get the holistic context for any disease or symptom. And that's really what making a mindful decision is all about, is having all the information before deciding what to do. I love that. And so many of us do not have access to a holistic veterinarian anywhere near us. I also love that the more I learn about holistic health for my pets, the more I learn about my own holistic health. So this isn't, or your whole family, you know, if you're removing a allergen or a toxin from your home or yard, you're removing that for your entire family. So, you know, sometimes people will be like, what, you don't want me to do that just because it bothers my dog. No, it bothers your whole family. You just may not see it or you'll see it later in life. So get those toxins out. There is a natural alternative to just about everything out there and you can do it. And it's not more expensive because in the long run, nobody's getting sick anymore. You're getting rid of those things. Prescription meds start going away. The worst part that I wanted to bring up about these medications is that they destroy the gut microbiome, which is where the dog's immune system lives, which is there to help them conquer just about anything that comes towards them. That uh, the immune system and having a, a vital immune system is the essence of resilience and susceptibility. So the more imbalanced the microbiome and immune system are, the more susceptible that your dog is going to be to an environmental stressor, toxin, food change, whatnot. Um, but I want to go back again to what you just said about toxins and canary in the coal mine and all that. And that is the essence of One Health medicine, that there's one medicine that really unites pets and people, and it is based on the balance of the energy in, in the body. And it's basically working with nature or working with the body instead of working against it. And when we work against it, we know the consequences but when we work with it, we improve immune resilience, improve balance, improve health, vitality, and happiness. And we didn't talk about happiness. Well, that's why we have dogs in the first place. Because <laughs> they make us happy. I love that you said that. And I, I think that people don't understand that, you know, 
your doctor or even a conventional vet, you know, they're not out to hurt you, but they really can wreck things when, you know, your dog has diarrhea and they're going to give you an antibiotic that is going to set their, their gut microbiome back. And they didn't ne even need that antibiotic in the first place, but that's all they know to do. What are some tips that they could do to support or help restore their dog's gut microbiome? Well, the number one tip is feed a fresh food diet, avoid antibiotics, which will, as you said, kill off you know a lot of the gut microbiome, and let their dogs be out in nature, maybe root around in the grass, maybe take a bite of something that you would like them to take Eat a bite dirt. of. Dirt is awesome, and soil-based probiotics. I mean, you don't have to buy an expensive probiotic. Just let them eat soil or, or sniff it soil. Bottom line is that being out in nature improves the microbiome. We know in kids it decreases frequency of immune problems by increasing their ability to deal with whatever, whatever comes at them. And that canary in the coal mine, we don't want our dogs to be like canaries in the coal mine. No. So let them go out there, lay in the sun, eat some dirt. Uh, mine love to eat lemongrass. I love when they do that. But yeah, let them go be out in nature and get as much real food. Real food is real food. Don't be scared to give them what you're eating because most of the time it's going to be great for them anytime you can incorporate that real food. All right, we are going to take a question from our audience, and uh, let's see what this question is. All right, we're back with your natural dog, and we've got a question from our audience, Jenny. Uh, she writes that she has a husky, and she's heard that they're predisposed to seizures. Are they? They can be. It depends. So, yeah. Um, what can I do to keep an eye out for these? Is there anything I can start him on that might keep this predisposition at bay? So, of course, I, I'm going to answer and then I'm going to let you answer because one of my favorite things for seizures that I've used over and over and again, and that has been proven on research and that I've seen work on children, is a full-spectrum hemp extract. That is one of my favorite things. There hasn't been a seizure I haven't been able to stop. Now, every dog is completely different and their dose is different. And I have to figure out what that dose is to stop them. But it's also awesome to have it on hand. If your dog is experiencing it, it'll actually stop it and shorten it. But what other advice can you give for Jenny with her husky? Well, Jenny, thank you for the great, great question because that that is the essence of what and what we're trying to do with our dogs, which is optimize their inner environment so they're not predisposed to seizures or other disorders. And you do that starting from puppyhood. And the way that you can reduce their chances of getting seizures in the future is by minimizing anything that works against their body's healing ability. And that may be a drug, that may be a vaccine, that may be feeding commercial food. Um, there's the inner terrain, I think I mentioned before. And there's a protocol called the Terrain Optimizing Protocol, which basically talks about all the factors, or some of the factors, or most of the factors, that will um, 
help you reduce the chances of seizures in the future. And Angela, if you would like to be happy to share that resource. Yeah, I would love to share that resource with them. Where do they find this protocol? There's a blog with the um, protocol, um, the train optimizing protocol graphic is at the end of the blog, and the blog is just called the terrain. The it's terrain? Optimize, optimizeactions.com yeah, forward slash terrain. Awesome. We will share that in the notes, the show notes, but I would love to read that. i very excited because I do know that a seizure can be triggered by just about anything, whether it's a diet change or something in the environment. So I can't wait to read that. That's amazing. Well, awesome. If they want to follow you, you can find them at holisticactions.com. They've got an awesome Facebook group, a YouTube channel, Instagram. And it's if you're looking to empower yourself and know more about how to treat your pet holistically, this is one of my favorite resources. Dr. Jeff Iman, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. It's a pleasure and honor, and thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at CBDDogHealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.